from Revelation chapter 21, which is at the back of the Bible. Maybe it's at the back of your iPad, I don't know. Oh yeah, and there's Kresh, if you have young kids, at the back. Revelation 21, verses 1 to 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars... Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod. And it was 2,220 kilometres, which is the height of Mount Kosciuszko. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 65 metres by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth crocephrase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. This is the word of the Lord.
Revelation. We've been going through it for a number of months now. And uh, I promise you the end is near, just like uh, Revelation. So we've got two more sermons to go. Uh, Today is one and then uh, next week is going to be the last one uh, on Revelation. And um, as I've been saying, as we've been going uh, through this, a reminder that uh, as we read through Revelation, it has a lot to say to us about Christmas, a lot to say to us about Advent, that as we think about the first coming of Jesus, that he came as the Saviour King, we should also be thinking about Jesus coming the second time where he comes as the judge uh, of the world, of the living and the dead. And those two things come together as what I've been saying through uh, Revelation, that it should bring to us a sense of living hope of who Jesus is and who we are because of him, but it also should ring out a warning and that we should be heeding its warning that we are not to become like the world, we are not to give in to uh, Satan and the enemies, but we are to uh, stick in faith with Jesus. And there is this sense that Revelation has been giving you a picture, Uh, it's a prophetic picture, it's a futuristic picture of what heaven is like. And we are supposed to be in awe of it. We're supposed to have this heavenly perspective. John says, I want you to know this to get through whatever you're going through here on this earth. That this earth, as we've said, is not the way it should be. And that actually is hard yards and even more hard yards if you're a follower of Jesus. And he says, I want you to remember this. This is the hope that I want you to have as you walk through whatever situation uh, is before you. And it says not just to walk through enduring that, but to walk through it with a smile on your face, walk through it with the power of God working through you that actually brings about change in this world, that actually brings his kingdom come on this world, that actually uh, brings hope uh, to this world. So uh, as we've been saying Revelation's not just this weird and wonderful book that we avoid. It's actually a full stop to the Bible that should put a smile on our face, that should get us fired up, should be getting us looking forward to Jesus and on for living with him right now um, for the glory of his name. Uh, We go to the next slide. Today we're looking at Revelation 21, which uh, talks about the wedding. Um, and as John said to the kids, maybe you can start to think about when was the last wedding you went to? What was the last wedding that you were present at? And when you were at that wedding, did you see it as a picture of the last days? Of the end times? <laughs> because that's what Revelation 21 does. It says every time you go to a wedding, I want this to remind you <laughs> that Jesus is coming again. I want, you, I want this, this to remind you uh, that God is coming back again and that uh, the bride and the groom are going to be together. And who is the bride? Us, the church. The church is the bride. Who is the bridegroom? Jesus or God. And uh, every time you go to a wedding, God's saying, remember that, that you as my people, I'm coming back for you and that we are going to live the rest of our lives together. And it's going to be great. And so he gives us this uh, picture 
uh, of um, the bride and groom. Coraline and I, in recent weddings, uh, have tended to, rather than just watch the, uh, the, the bride come down the, the aisle, we've tended to actually focus on the groom and watch the groom uh, as the bride comes down. And you get instances like this. This is the photo that I could find uh, the best sort of captured it. That as the groom watches his bride come down the aisle, uh, they usually end up in tears. Uh, there's sort of some shaking, there's some smiling, there's, uh, there's a, I don't know, an emotional uh, reaction to the anticipation and the excitement about, uh, of what's happening on that day. They are in awe of her beauty. Uh, they think finally the day is here where we get to begin the rest of our lives together. That is the imagery, that is the picture that God wants you to have of the way that he is looking forward to being with us in heaven forever. He describes himself as that sort of gushy, excited bridegroom looking forward to the day when his people will be with him uh, in eternity forever. This is an amazing picture of God. And Revelation wants you to know this picture of God. It wants you to have this resonated in your heart. So almost like that song that we sang before, look into the eyes of Jesus. That's what he, I want you to look and understand the love that he has for you. It's like a bridegroom looking at his bride coming in. That's the love I have for you. And he's been saying this uh, right through the Bible, back even in Isaiah 62 verse 5. Uh, there's this verse that says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. He's talking to the people of Israel, but he's talking to us, his people, the church. He says, I am excited to meet with you and to live the rest of our lives together with you. That's how excited and that's how keen I am to be back with you. But as we've been saying through Revelation, he's not going to do that until his bride is ready, until his bride is fully prepared. And that means every, every person added to it. And so he's actually holding off so that the bride can be added to. And that becomes our job, doesn't it? To proclaim Jesus, to tell Jesus about Jesus, so that his bride can be complete, so that it can radiate and be ready uh, for his return. And so in Revelation uh, 21, Jesus uh, gives us that picture of how much God delights in us, his people. Think about that. Do you think about how much God loves you? Do you take time out of your day or week to, to ponder that? Because John's putting this at the end of the Bible to say, don't forget that. Don't forget how much he loves you. Have reminders everywhere of that love for you. And so as we go into Revelation 21, as we've been saying, Revelation uh, is this journey that we've been going through the last days or through history seven times. So it's a repeated journey. I think I talked to you, it's like a bit like a bus going down the same route and each time we're looking out a different window or seeing a different perspective of what's happening in these last days. So when we get to Revelation 21, Re Revelation 20 has preceded that. And that's followed the same pattern. What happens if you've got your Bibles? Have a look in Revelation 20. 
And what happens there is that uh, in these last days, in these last thousand years of, of, of hardship, Jesus comes again, brings his judgment on Satan, on death and the world, and this is the ultimate one. So this is the ultimate picture. It's the highest picture of all the ones we've got. And it's, uh, you'll read uh, titles in there like it's Satan's ultimate doom. Satan is thrown into hell, all his demons are gone, and final judgment is brought about on sin and evil on the world. And then we get into Revelation 21 and 22, which is the ultimate picture of what God wants us to remember uh, what our future is. It's God and his people back together. So the world, when Jesus comes again, will be as it is meant to be. It will be like it was with Adam and Eve in the garden, but now it's going to be a city with God and his people living in perfection forever. And he says, I want you to remember that, that I have come, I have brought this about through Jesus, the first coming, and that I am coming again, Jesus is coming again, so that this will be your reality. You need to have this hope, you need to have this strength, because if you don't, you won't be able to endure what's happening on the earth at the moment. You won't be able to put up with the sickness that comes your way, the depression that hits you, the death of people around you, the persecution that comes across the, chur the church. He says, you need to have this in order to endure. It'll change the way that you approach these things. It should bring Christmas to you. Whatever your situation, it should bring love, because God's reminding you how much love, no matter what your circumstances is, he's telling you how much joy there will be in the future. He's saying, I'm coming to bring peace on earth and uh, I bring hope as we prepare for Jesus' coming. As we uh, go through this and into the next one, the bride and the groom are ready. Um, and then we get this beautiful picture. He gives us this picture of what it's like, and it's that classic one. If we go to the next slide, uh, you'll know that this verse, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order of things has passed away, and the new has come. This is the picture of heaven. God and his people in perfection. No more suffering, no more pain the world the way it's meant to be. Are you excited about that? Do you have an anticipation about that? Like a bride groom on a, a wedding day or a bride on a wedding day. Do you have an anticipation about that, excitement about that? Are you working hard to make it happen? Think about all the preparation that goes into a, uh, a wedding. And it's actually a lot, of, you talk to anyone, it's a lot of hard work, isn't it? And that's sometimes our walk, walk on earth, isn't it? It's hard work as we're preparing, as we're living this out, as we're for that ultimate day of when he comes again and we will be back with him forever. And we recognise that, as Revelation has been telling us, that it's the now and not yet. So this is the picture of heaven, this taste of no more death or crying and suffering and pain. But what we've been saying, that's... the. The, the not yet, that's not in its fullness, but you are actually receiving some of this now. You are actually, God comforts you in your mourning. God actually helps you through your pain. 
God can actually stop your pain. He can bring healing to you now. You actually experience some of the heaven on earth now as God's kingdom comes. But he's just saying that it's not going to be anything compared to what it's like when he comes again in its fullness. So we actually get to celebrate some of this now already as we live out the kingdom here on earth. As we go to the next slide, John then describes this bride. And I thought it's almost a bit like John is uh, the photographer at the wedding. And he actually gets to take a photo of the bride. And it's a little bit of a weird photo, uh, as Revelation is. But we're remembering that Revelation is uh, symbolic and it's prophetic. And we're supposed to read the symbolism uh, that's in it. It's actually a city bride, isn't it? The bride comes. He says, you know, I'll take you away and I'll show you the bride. And what does he show? He gets shown a city. And so we get these mixing of metaphors. We get these mixing of, you know, it's this, uh, the church is described as the beautiful bride, but also the church is described as the living temple, the place where God dwells. And you get them sort of overlapping and mixing together as this beautiful city is presented as uh, the bride of Christ. And what does he do? He, gives, he tries to capture the bride in all her glory. So he's got the lighting right, he's got the best lens that he could do and he's photoshopped it to the best that he can so that he presents this bride in her fullness. This is the church, it's gold and it's, um, it's glitz and it's glamour, it's uh, stones and uh, all sorts of crystals and things like that that reflect what? What does it reflect? Does it reflect us? No, it reflects God, doesn't it? It reflects Jesus. Because what is the church? The church is the body of Christ. We are becoming like Him. So as we live out this life, we become like Him and we actually radiate His glory. And it is His glory that is uh, displayed in this amazing city. Rob, uh, Rob read, read out uh, how big this city was. 2,200 kilometres long, wide, high. So to give you an idea, that's um, between Perth and Adelaide, that's about that distance, and then from Adelaide to Darwin, and then that high, okay? And it's, it's, to give you an idea, this is an impressive city. It's strong, and it's, the pl and it's full, absolutely jam-packed full of God's people. And I don't think it's literally going to be that, but if you literally thought of that city, think about how many people could fit in a city that size, that's only a little bit of a taste of the amount of God's people that are going to be on this earth again in perfection with him, radiating out his glory. I don't think that we're actually going to walk on streets of gold, but what is that representative of? The place that we, is going to be luxury. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beyond compare. We are going to be in awe of uh, this place. And God, because this photo is, who's, t who's, telling this, who's telling the way he sees his bride? It's John, but John through the whole, it's God. God is saying, this is the way I see my bride. This is the way I see you. And it's, it's, almost, it's almost a bit embarrassing that God's this sort of gushing bride, it's a, a gushing bridegroom saying, this is how beautiful I think you are. This is why I sent my son the first time. This is how much I love you. This is the way I see you. You are beautiful beyond compare. And so all that sparkling imagery that we've talked about there that he unfolds is to display the glory of God. 
and your breath is supposed to be taken away. And the angelic choirs and the extravagance of what we've seen somehow is to capture the, of who God is. We remind of who God is and now who we are because of him. This city is a most impressive city. And it's making itself ready for God's return. So that leads us to the question, doesn't it? How are we making ourselves ready? How are you getting ready for Christ's return? How are you living and what are you doing? So this bride is the church. And as we think about that, we think about that the bride, when we look or are here, is not always that beautiful, is it? That we've been caught up in wallowing in the filth and mud of this world. <laughs> that we've drifted from what he wants us to be. We've lived for the world more than for him. We're more concerned about our glory and what we look like than his. And he says, I want you to remind yourself today and, and, and through this book of Revelation, isn't it? What's the beautiful picture that we get? That Jesus, as he comes in these last days, as he's come the first time, he is washing clean <laughs> the bride. And so even though we know that, that picture, that reality, this is the way God sees us. <laughs> and we've been washed clean and we've been presented in robes of white as a display of his glory. And so we repent and believe, we return back to God and we say, we believe this is who we are and we now want to live with you. So we do what we've said, we want to keep in step with your spirit. We want to display your spirit's glory and think of those gems that I think uh, John started to allude to with the kids. That you reflect God and you shine his beauty and his glory as you bring love, joy, peace, patience, godliness, uh, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. And remember again, I always preach this, they're not things that you muster up. They're not things, that, if you think you're mustering up, think again. They're not, what are they? They're gifts of the Holy Spirit to work through you. And our job is to say, keep in step with the Spirit. And say, Spirit, make me more godly. Make me more kind. Make me more loving. Make me more peaceful. Make me more gentle. Because as I do that, I display you to the world. I'm getting ready for your return because I want to look the best I can when you return. We bring this kingdom to earth as we fight justice, as we live in obedience, as we display his glory. Revelation 18 talks about, when he talks about, he's, he's describing the beauty of the people and he says, it's their acts of righteousness that adore them. So it's your good deeds. So you've got to do good deeds but what does God tell us? They're the ones he's prepared in advance for us to do. So get on displaying his glory, looking out for the way that we can show him to this world. And I think we do this in the church. We do this in two ways. We do it internally and externally, that we display God's glory to ourselves. So this year, as we give thanks for our year as, as, as a church, do you give thanks for the guys who get here at 8 o'clock every Sunday morning, lay out cables, set up sound equipment, 
Because, you know, guys, when you do that, you're radiating God. You're displaying his glory because you're acting as servants to the church. Have you told them how beautiful they are for doing that? <laughs> as you've greeted on a Sunday morning, as people come in, do you realize that you are a reflection, a radiation of the love of God? And he says, thanks for radiating me as you greeted people with a smile, as you made people laugh, or as you greeted them with concern and love. As you have engaged with your small group this year, have you had this sense that you're displaying God's love to those in your group? Or if you've met with your grow group, or if you've organized women, women's nights or sent cards or prayed for someone, made that phone call, cooked a meal, knocked on someone's door, that you're radiating the love of God and you're displaying his glory. That's how we actually prepare ourselves for his coming, as we love one another the way he has loved us. But we also work to display God's glory externally, don't we? As you have engaged with people in your workplace, at your school, at your university, as you have loved them, as you have prayed for them, as you have done things for them, you've actually radiated God. You've actually made the bride a little bit more beautiful. As you have served meals at Cabell Corner, as you have run cap money courses, delivered roses, knocked on doors, delivered flyers, you are displaying God's glory to this world. As you've been on trips to Uganda or Rwanda, or as you've supported people like Luke and Agnes, as you've seeked to bring God's message to bear in this country, you have radiated his glory. And God delights in you and he loves you and he is excited that we are displaying him to the world. And so tonight, as you engage with people at the carols here, God again says, I want you to display my glory tonight. I want you to look beautiful tonight. I want you to serve with love. I want you to act with each other in kindness and gentleness. Encourage building up as you serve together to display him to the people that are coming here tonight. I want you to sing with passion. I want you to make people laugh. I want you to step out of your comfort zone and engage in a conversation <laughs> with someone. Because as you do so, you display me to the world. As, someone serves, as you serve someone fairy floss or a snow cone, that you do it as someone reflecting the love of God, shining his glory, excited for the fact that you can make us more beautiful for his return. This week as you go out, ask yourself this question, who am I going to radiate to? Who's love does God need to be displayed to? Who needs to see God's glory? The people in your family, across the fence, across the road, in your workplace, your mates, 
this week, will you be reminded that God so loved you that he sent his one and only son who lived in this world, who died in your place, ascended to heaven and sent you the power that is the Holy Spirit in, uh, in order to enable you to live this out. This Spirit now indwells us as his people to bring his glory on the earth. Let's pray. Lord and God, we thank you that you so loved us that you did this. We thank you that you now inhabit us already and we look forward to the day when that will be in its fullness. Will you um, just keep that picture in our hearts as we walk through today and this week that we would be just blown away by your love for us as a church, that we would be in awe of the way you view us and delight in us, and that, Lord, our response would be worship and praise and glory in the way we think, speak, act, and behave this week. And we pray that as we do this, you would be glorified and we would radiate you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's uh, stand and sing and worship and proclaim uh, this God. Um, we're going to worship the bridegroom, uh, Jesus, as our saviour king, the one who's made all of this possible. So let's stand together and as his bride, uh, together with one voice, sing and give him praise and glory. <laughs>